Welcome to the Followers of the Way podcast for August 11th, 2019. Today, Pastor Olu brings us a message called, In Order to Believe, the Life Was the Light. The Pastor Olu says that the source of life, both physically and spiritually, is Jesus Christ, whom the Apostle John refers to as the Word. Now, as the giver of life, he demands our worship, our praise, and our obedience. Now, Pastor Olu says that this truth requires a response from the world still living in disobedience under the wrath of God. They need to know where their life comes from in order to believe. Now, as believers, the magnitude of our worship needs to reflect the magnitude of the life giver, who not only provided the breath, the life in this physical world, but also the life free from sin and death in the spiritual world. So grab your Bible and follow along with us as we explore God's Word here on Followers of the Way. We're going through the book of John, and again, the verse that we, that's for this month, I picked it because I want us to remember the theme of what we're doing. It's our responsibility to the body of Christ to share Christ. And as we are looking at evangelism and how, what's my responsibility and how do I tell others about Christ? What is my responsibility? The book of John is a great book to, to look at that first. And we saw in John, he said, John chapter 20, right before this verse, he, as he wrote it, he said there are hundreds of thousands of things that Jesus did while he was on this earth. As a matter of fact, if I were to try to write as many as he did, it would be impossible. There are not enough books in the planet to do it. But then John said, but these are written. That's why our verse is. These are written so that you may believe. And so our responsibility to the body of Christ is to share Christ so that others may believe. And so we're looking at what John said. He wrote this book in order for us to believe. And so what is it about Christ? What is it about God? What is it about ourselves that we need to know for us to believe and that we need to be able to share with others? And so John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him was not one thing was created that had been created. And so we looked at the first thing when it comes to in order to believe what are those things that we need to understand. The first thing was we understand that God exists. And so John opens his book with God in the beginning, God. And then in that, John talks about that God is not a single entity, but God consists of three persons. And so he introduces the word, who is Jesus Christ. And so what we know is that God exists and God is the word, Jesus Christ. And so in order to believe, we need to understand the existence of God. We understand that Jesus Christ exists and Jesus Christ is God. The second thing Paul, John, <laughs> goes into is creation. The fact that not only does God exist, but God created the world. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And so in order to believe, we need to understand our gospel message. When we witness, when we share the word of God, we need to make sure that people understand that God exists, that Jesus Christ exists, that Jesus Christ is God and that God is the creator. He is the one who put all this stuff into motion. And so in understanding that as the foundation of in order to believe. And we spent some time the past couple of weeks looking at those things, looking at the existence of God, looking at Jesus Christ, 
looking at creation and understanding that this is how we got here. John then goes in chapter verse four, and that's what we're going to be today. In him, still talking about the context, who is the word, talking about Jesus Christ, who is God. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. John 1, 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. So in him, we're talking about the word. We're talking about Jesus Christ. The scripture says that Christ is creator. We're going to be doing a lot of flipping today. All right. As far as the Bible is concerned, not actual flips. So turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter one. I'm going to try to go fast with these verses. So you got to be quick with your fingers. Colossians chapter one, verse 15. In him was life and the life was the light of men. In Colossians 1:15, Paul writes, He, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether throne or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. So Jesus Christ, John starts off saying, Hey, God is the creator, but Jesus Christ is also the creator because Jesus Christ is God. And so when we're talking about in him was life, this creation that we see, the life that we see comes through Christ. We also know that life is only through Christ. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, still in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6. This is Paul. He's talking to the church in Corinth. He's, he started off talking about food offering to idols, and he's talking to them about things, how people worship gods who are not really the lowercase g. They're not really gods. They're not really lords. Then he gets to verse 6, and he says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, and all things are from him, and we exist for him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through him, and we exist through him. Christ is life. The life that we have exists because of Christ. Turn over a couple of books to Colossians chapter 3. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We're talking about Christ is the life. What is this that John is telling us? John says we have to understand first that God exists. We understand that Jesus Christ is God. We need to also understand that God created the world, everything that you see, including yourselves, and that Jesus Christ, because he is God, also is the author of creation. So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, Paul says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Christ is our life. For him, we get physical life. Through him, we get moral life. And through him, we get spiritual life. And this life that we're talking about is in two parts. First, we're talking about the physical part, which is creation. And we saw some verses on that. The other part of this life that Christ has, that he created, is our life in redemption, paying the price for our sins. And so when we look at life, what does it mean? Jesus Christ is life. In him was life. What Christ did in his divine work was two parts. He had a divine work of creation. And he had a divine work of our redemption. And both of these are one. A lot of times we look at it separate. We look at creation and we look at what Christ did in redemption. But when we look at scripture, we see that they are intertwined. 
or they're joined together by what they are and what they did for us. So life that we have through Christ, through creation. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But if you look at, for, for instance, turn with me to Genesis, all the way back, first book of the Bible, chapter 2. The life that we have is because of Christ. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord formed man. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. And so, the first part that Jesus Christ is the life is the fact that we have our being because of him. God made man out of dirt, and then the Bible says that he breathed, I don't want to blow this way, way. he breathed life into man, and man became, the word says, a living being. God is declared to be life or living because he is the source or the fountain of life. The life that we have, where do we get that from? It comes from Christ. And so John said, hey, you have to understand in order to believe that God exists, that Jesus Christ is God, that he created you and everything you see. But more importantly, I wouldn't say more importantly, but in addition to that, that the life that you have, everybody take a deep breath. One, two, three. Hold it. And let it out slowly. That life that you have exists because of Christ. He is the fountain, the source of life. He not merely, he didn't merely just make the material world, but he also gave it life. So when we look at, I was thinking about um, a flower. Uh, 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 you've seen dead flowers before, right? Or fake flowers. So, so you got a dead flower and, and it's just you know, crinkly and wrinkly, and, and this is a flower, by the way, and uh, it's, it's dead. It, 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 it's, it's nothing. You got to see. There you go. That, that fix it up for you. It's a dead flower versus, versus a, a, a live flower, one that's alive and real. The difference, and it's a terrible picture, but just imagine. When we look at a dead flower versus a live flower, you can tell the difference. You can see the beauty of it. You can see the life in it. it it's standing, first of all. You know, it's not wrinkly. It's not leaning over. What God did when he breathed life, not only did he just create these shells of things, but he also was a source of life into it. He took a vegetable world. It's just limp and lifeless. And the Bible says he breathed life into it. And so we can see trees grow. We can see grass grow. He took just this is kind of morbid, but think about it at a funeral and a casket. Sometimes they have the caskets open and people go up and see. If you looked at, you know that person, you've seen them before, you talk to that person, but when you see them in that casket, it's not them. It's like a shell. It's like they don't look the same. or It just, something's wrong. But what's wrong is that they are not there because the life is gone. And what you see is just a shell of carbon. It's just matter. It's just stuff. We are not stuff. God took the stuff that he created, Jesus Christ took the stuff that he created and whoo, breathed life. And so the difference between a corpse that's in a grave or a corpse that's in a casket versus somebody that's walking around, you can see that difference. That life that we have, the fountain of the source of life is through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God, man became a living soul. God gifted man with immortality. And so this was higher proof that Jesus Christ was God. Because not only did Jesus make the stuff we see and the material that we see, but he also breathed life into it. 
And so now I can function, I can move, I can see, I can talk, I can interact, I can have relationships because of that. Jesus Christ is life. Now, there's some, some things that come from that. First off, there's the practical piece of that because Jesus is the creator and he gave life. The practical piece to that is, for instance, for the unsaved people, the life that you have is not yours. You didn't come up with it. So you can't do as you please. It's not your choice. Pro-choice. It's my choice. It's my, no, it's not your choice because it's not your life. The life that you have was given to you by God. And so because of that, I can't do what I want to do. I have to do what he wants me to do. That same, and I think about when I hear people say, Oh, God don't exist, or, 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 or there's no God, or, or, or man, you know, I ain't about that Christian stuff, I ain't about that Jesus stuff. Jesus is just a regular man, man. Why are you always on this Jesus worshiping God stuff? Man, do what you want to do. The same breath that the unsaved used to say those things is the breath that was given to them by Jesus. And as they sit there and mock God and mock Jesus and mock Christianity and mock the Bible and mock the things about it, they are doing it with the same breath from the one who gives life. The unsaved world needs to know that. That's our responsibility in order to believe. We have to understand that the life you have was given to you by God. And so as you curse God, as you say that God is just this, or man, I ain't about that Bible stuff or that Christianity stuff, or man, man, whatever you're saying, you're saying it because the one you're speaking against has given you the faculty to say those things. We were in um, Thailand, and it was interesting we went to a uh, site where they had this big Buddha. It was like huge, like a thousand stories high. It was, it was really huge on this big, big hill. And he was sitting there and people you know, were going up and seeing it and they had monks that was, uh, it was a monk inside with his monk uniform on. I don't know if it's a uniform, but a monk thing on. And you could buy incense and stick it in the sticks and bow down and pray to the Buddha. Or you could uh, buy bricks to donate to the Buddha because they was building it. And I was sitting there and I was watching and I was seeing these people, watching them say their prayers with their voice and bend their knees and take off their shoes and bow with their bodies to this nothing to this metal, to this wood. And as I was studying, I was thinking all the people who, who, who worship Buddha, the Buddhists and the Hindu, and there are thousands of gods that, that don't exist, as they bow, as they worship, as they pray, they're using the life that was given to them by Jesus Christ, the word. And they're taking that life and they're giving attributing it to someone else. Thinking about the children of Israel, when they came out of Israel and Moses went up to the mountain with Joshua, and then they went to Aaron and was like, look, man, Moses is gone. Let's take our earrings and stuff and make this statue, and, and, and then let's worship that. And they did it, and they started saying, this is what brought us out of Egypt. This is what carried us through the Red Sea. And as we look at it and see that is stupid and ridiculous, that's what's happening in the world today. That same breath that they are using to pray to Buddha or to, to pray uh, to their Hindu gods, was given to them by the one true God, Jesus Christ. That's why they need to know when we look at those people who violently oppose. That's why creation is violently opposed. That's why we, they're trying to get creation on school. That's why they won't even bring it up. That's why they don't want to talk about it. That's why it's mocked so much. What you think? Oh, a God created us? Oh, you stupid people. That's why they mock that because in order to believe, 
You have to understand that we are created and what we have was given by God. And so Satan says, I can't get them to believe. So in order to get them not to believe, I have to make sure that this idea of God creating them, of God giving them life, is pushed as far back as possible. And so we've got evolution. We, got, we just showed up. We got all these things. And not only that, you know, it could be, well, there's two options. You can believe in evolution or you can believe in creation. No. It's like evolution is it and creation is stupid. Why? Because John knew that in order for belief, you had to understand this. Looking at us as saved folks, we have the same responsibility when it comes to that. What does that mean? Jesus Christ is life. Well, again, for us, life is not yours to do as you please. It's not my life. So I can't make my choices. I can't do what I want to do. Why? Because this that I have was given to me by God. Without God, I don't have a without God, I'm just this. Without God, I'm just an empty shelled body in a casket somewhere. Because my life comes from God. So when I understand that, with that comes obedience. And so as a follower of Christ, I obey God. Why? Because God has given me life. And so I obey him. So I do what he says. And so what does Christ say? Well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Our responsibility as Christians is to contend for the faith. My responsibility is to engage with others about the things of God. At my workplace, at my family members, that's my responsibility is to do that. Why? Because God gave me life. And I'm supposed to obey him with that life. My responsibility is to be ready as we looked at, to give an answer to anyone that asks of the faith that we have. So first of all, I have to know what I believe. I have to know why I believe it. Why? Because God told me it's my responsibility to be ready to answer somebody to what I believe. Why? Because God has given me life. And then it's my responsibility to preach the word. We talked about it in our statement of faith. We have two things that we say our mission is. Two greats. Anybody remember what the two greats were? The great... Commission, my responsibility because God has given me life is to do what God says. And God told us very specifically, Jesus Christ said it, there's a great commandment. The great commandment says my responsibility as a follower of Christ is to love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and then to love others the same way. And so my responsibility is to love. Why? Because the life that I have the love that I have was given to me, my God, to give others. And then the second one is the Great Commission. God said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Because Jesus Christ is the life and we have life through creation, my life is not my own. And lastly, because of that, my worship is important. My worship is important to God because God is the one who has given me life. Turn me to the book of Psalms, chapter 104. What is worship? Worship is simply giving God the props he deserves. That's what worship is. Giving God his props. Thanking him for who he is and what he has done. Because he is life, because he has given life through creation, he demands worship. Psalms 104. Listen to this. We're talking about Jesus Christ as creator. John said, in him was life. John said he created all things. There was nothing created by him. And 
that nothing was created that wasn't created by him. And because of this, he demands our worship. Look how David puts it. Psalms 104, my soul bless the Lord. Lord, my God, you are very great, giving God props. You are clothed with majesty and splendor, giving God props. He wraps himself in light as if it were a robe, spreading out the sky like a canopy, laying the beams of his palace on the waters above, making the clouds his chariot, walking on the wings of the wind, making the winds of his messengers flames of fire of his servants. He established the earth on his foundation, talking about creation. It will never be shaken. You covered it with deep as if it were a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, the water fled, and at the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the places you established for them. You set a boundary they, they cannot cross. They will never cover the earth again. He causes the springs to gush into valleys. They flow between the mountains. They supply the water for every wild beast. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside the springs. They make their voices heard among the foliage. He waters the mountains from his palace. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of your labor. He causes grass to grow for the livestock and provides crops for man to cultivate. He produces food from the earth, wine that makes humans heart glad, making his face shine with oil, and bread that sustains human hearts. The trees of the Lord flourish, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, storks make their homes in the pine trees, the high mountains are for the wild goats, the cliffs are a refuge for hyraxes. He made the moon to mark the festival, the sun to know when to set. You bring darkness and it becomes night when the forest animals stir. The young lions roar for their prey and seek food from God. The sun rises, they go back and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until evening. How countless are your works, Lord. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, vast and wide, teeming with creatures beyond numbers, living things both large and small. There are ships move about. The Leviathan, uh, you are formed to play there. All of them wait for you to give them their food at the right time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your breath, they are created and you renew the surface of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they pour out smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God where I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. May sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked people be no more. My soul bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ is life, because Jesus Christ gave life through creation, because of what we see, because of who we are, because I can, I am to worship him and I am to praise him and I am to give him his props. We as a body of Christ need to understand that. And we have to make sure that our worship is tied to who he is. We can worship Christ for what he's done. That's the easy part. God, thank you for doing this. God, thank you for doing that. But we as a body of Christ, we as followers of Christ need to understand that we need to tie our worship of who God is into who he is. And John says, listen, in him was life. This breath that I have, the creation that I have, the fact that I can walk, the fact that I can stand, the fact that I can think, 
The fact that I know I misspelled that word and knew I was another way to spell it. All of those faculties that I have was given to me by God. And because of that, I am to worship him. I was thinking about young people. A lot of time we hear people get testimony, give testimonies of things that God did for them. And we as old people, I guess me as old people, as 45 years old, I've seen a lot. I've seen what God has done. I've seen his hand. I've seen him work. I've seen him work miraculous. I've seen him do things in the normal realm. And I have things to praise God for and thank him for. And sometimes as young people, we think, well, you know, I'm only 14 or 15 or 16 or 11. Or I haven't seen a lot, so I can't get up and give this resounding, amazing testimony to make people cry and pass out because God shook my life and he did this, mir- this miracle. I haven't seen that yet. That doesn't excuse us from worshiping God. Because my worship is not just tied to what he's done and what I've seen him do. My worship, Paul said, John said, David said here in Psalm, it's tied to who he is. And so I need to worship him. And worship is not just Sunday morning before church starts. It's not what worship is. That's singing. That's part of worship. Worship is an attitude that I have that I understand who God is. And my every life is reflected of my knowledge that I know who God is. And so when I'm obedient to my parents, I'm doing that because I know who God is. And so my obedience to my parents is worship to God. When I stand up, people are doing something they shouldn't do. When I make that choice not to do that, and then I tell people why I made that choice. That choice to follow God and not what I want to do, what everyone does, is worship. Why? Because I am doing that because of who God is and because he is the one that gave me life. So when I live out my worship, on Sundays when I'm singing, that's my time to audibleize, not a word, that worship. That is my time to take what I've been doing all week, realizing who God is, realizing the fact that I can get up out of my bed, the realizing that I can, the fact that I can grab my pen and write something, realizing that I can talk to my friends, realizing that I can go to work, realizing that I can wash clothes, realizing that I can do these things is because of who God is. And so when I come together with the saints, On Sunday, I can stand and I can belt out my audible worship to God for who he is. And so I can sing, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, I need you. Why? Because I've been living worship all week. And as the body of Christ, we need to get to a point where our worship is reflective of who he is. I give props to LeBron. That man's an amazing basketball player. (laughs) And sometimes, not that this is what I do, but when I find out people really don't like LeBron, I go all the way opposite to the other side. And so I manufacture crazy stuff just to prove the point that I'm trying to make. Because this guy is amazing. Like him or not, you, we haven't seen this type of basketball specimen ever. Haven't seen it. And so he gets his props on news, on Sports Center. We talk about it, we laugh about it, we joke about it in the barbershop because of who he is, more so than Jameer Nelson. He's also a basketball player. But he doesn't get as much props. Why? Because if you look at LeBron James, LeBron James, versus uh, uh, Jameer Nelson. It's no comparison. So the props that I give LeBron over Jameer is based on who LeBron is over Jameer. And so when I take that little example and move out to who God is, the creator, 
all-powerful, the almighty. And then I look at who God is, and then I measure my worship. How is my worship based on who God is? Do I worship God? Do I give him the props that he deserves? Or if God here, and I give him, I give him that much. Yeah, I stand up when it's time to sing, and I move my mouth. But, you know, that's not my thing. I'm not a singer, so I don't really sing in public, you know. Oh, it's time to stand up. Okay, while I'm waiting, I'm getting stronger. I just try to believe. What am I going to do after this? Yeah, make sure when I go home while I'm waiting. Wow, he's singing really loud, man. Gracious. Like, calm down while I'm waiting. I'm getting, uh, what time is it now? It's time for prayer requests. Okay, I mean, pr- praise reports. Oh, oh, oh here come Olu. He's going to wait till the last minute and then say something. Oh, my goodness. I know Chad's going to give something because she always got something to praise God for. Oh, man, we got, here we go, man. What's the time is it? Man, we're going to get out of here. And... That's not it. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's mind-blowing. And so my worship, That's something I need to do. I need to make sure my worship is matched to who he is. David went on a whole chapter, 35 verses, and that's one of the Psalms out of the 150 Psalms that are simply giving God props for who he is. That's how my life should be patterned. Are you a David? Psalmist David. He's a psalmist too, I guess. (laughs) But are you a David, that shepherd boy? Do you give God the props and the worship that he deserves? Not only do we have life through the physical aspect, John said in him was life, but we also have life during the spiritual aspect. And this is why I say they're intertwined, because the reason I can have this is because he gave me this. So if I didn't have life, I wouldn't need this. Okay, Bible said that God didn't breathe into a monkey and he became a living soul. Monkeys don't have to worry about redemption. God didn't breathe into a caterpillar and the caterpillar became a living soul. Caterpillars don't have to worry about redemption. The reason why the redemption is an issue, the reason why the spiritual aspect of life is important is because we have that physical aspect, the soul that God has given us. And so when we look at life through creation, we know that this new creation that God says you become a new creature is impactful or is exists because of the fact that there was a first creation. So there was a first creation God created us. We jacked up, decided to do our own thing. And so God said, OK, now I got to come with a new creation. I have to take that heart of stone now and turn it into a heart of flesh. And so as we looked at Jesus Christ, we know he is the source of life. Everybody take a deep breath in and let it out slow. We know that God, Christ, has given us that. But we also need to understand what John is saying, that he has given us a spiritual life. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul again, in this book that I don't know if you've ever read Ephesians before, but in Ephesians chapter (laughs) 2, Paul says, listen to this. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead. If I was one of them preachers, I would say, everybody say dead. (laughs) <laughs> I like the vibrato you put in your voice. You with me. You know, you know where we're going with this. Paul said, but you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You know what dead means, right? Dead. Dead body, 
dead flower, dead bird, dead dog on the side of the road, dead. But you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the rule of the power of the air, by the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them. Among who, Paul? Among the disobedient. In our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and our thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as were others, as the others were also. Real quick, we were under children of wrath. Paul makes it clear to know that we were under the wrath of God, the wrath. You know what wrath means, right? So I get interested when I hear preachers and hear people say, God's crazy about you. God's not mad at you. God is not mad at you. God loves you. He just said he wants to be your pal. The aspects of that is true. But when we only talk about one aspect of God and ignore the part where Paul says here that you were under the wrath. As a matter of fact, he called us children under wrath. God's wrath. His fury, his righteous anger, his righteous indignation was upon us when we were children in the wrath, when we in the disobedient, when we were dead. The world needs to know that. The only way salvation can come, true salvation can come, is if you understand that God is mad at you. God is furious at you because you have decided to spit in his face. Ain't nobody happy after somebody spit in their face. That's what living under wrath is. We have disobeyed God. We have said, F you, God, I'm doing what I want to do. And because of that, God said, oh, no, my wrath is on you now. And so God is angry. And so because of that, we need to remove that wrath. We need that redemption. Paul says, listen here, the wrath was on you. You were children under wrath as others were also. Then you get to verse four. He says, but God, this is what I would say, uh, Ray, somebody say, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, there's the love. That's when we talk about the love of God. Don't just come out with God loves you, he's your pal, he's your friend. No, no, no. Talk about the wrath first, then talk about because of his love. Because of the great love he has for us, he has made us alive. There's that word. We were dead. Dead man walking. Remember that movie? We were dead. But because of his love, he made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. So this life that we have, this life that we're talking about is life given to us by Christ. And so John said, in order to believe, you need to understand that you were dead and you need this life. Think about life in the book of John. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whosoever believed in him, Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Where's that life? That life is whosoever believes in him. Paul said it, in him was life. John said, in him was life. John 6, 33, he giveth life to the world. John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. What we need to understand is that not only is Jesus Christ the source and the fountain of physical life, he is the source and the fountain of our spiritual life. Turn to Romans chapter 6. So what's my responsibility because of that? Okay, John, you told me you wrote this stuff so that we might believe. This book was written in order for you to believe. 
So what do I need to know? Well, you need to know Jesus Christ, is, that God exists, first of all. We need to know that Jesus Christ is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word was God. Got that? He was in the beginning with him. He created all things. We need to know that Jesus Christ, that God is the creator. Everything that we see was created by him. And then John says, you also need to not only know that, but you need to understand that the source, the fountain, the where we get it from, life, both physical and spiritual comes from the word, comes from Jesus Christ. And you have to know this in order to believe. There's a responsibility that I have because of this. Because I know that Jesus Christ is the fountain of my physical life and my spiritual life, then I know that the life I have is not my own. So I don't take this and do what I want to do with it. I don't take this and cut somebody out. I don't take this and be spiteful to somebody. I don't take this and talk behind somebody back. I don't take this and not read my Bible today. Oh, you know what? I ain't gonna read my Bible today. I ain't got time. I'm so busy. Really? You're so busy. You're so busy you can't make time for God who gave you this right here. So you're basically saying, hey, thanks for this right here, but I'm too busy to give you props for it. I got something to do. Oh, you know what? I ain't going. I, I can't. I can't do that today, man. You know we're supposed to. Uh, did I even pray today? What last I really prayed? Oh, let me pray real quick. Uh, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, the sun that's shining. Jesus, pray, man. Got my prayer done for the day. Really? That's the time of prayer you put in for somebody who whew, gave you this. We need to take our Christianity, the life that we live, to a different level once we understand that. And Paul, John said, until you understand that, you need to check whether or not you believe or not. Because how I live out this Christian life, how I worship, how I pray, how I read, how I study, how I tell others, how I act. When people see me, when people don't see me, it's all tied up to how big I think God is. Oh, God is kind of like a Jameer Nelson type Godish. You know, he's in the NBA. But, you know, he ain't getting, you know, I'm not going out by the jersey. Where do you put God? With a scene in how you live. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? <laughs> shall we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. King James says, God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who are baptized unto Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, you were buried with him. Dead people are buried. You were buried with him by baptism into death in order that, watch this, just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in the newness of L-I-F-E. For if we have been united with him in the likeness unto his death, we will certainly also in, be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified, dead, with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Since a person who has died, dead, is freed from sin. Now, if we die, dead, with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Because we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you, too, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. In Jesus Christ. 
So because you're dead to sin, Paul says, just like Christ died on the cross and you died with him on the cross because he rose and now has life. And Paul says, because you have claimed to believe, you have been rejuvenated, you have been regenerated, and now you have this spiritual life. Paul says, because of that, therefore, verse 12, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as you who are alive, there's a word again from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourself to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. Paul says, because you have this life, because Jesus Christ is the word, because not only did he give you physical creation, but he is the source or the fountain of spiritual life. Because of that, Paul says, start acting like you alive and stop acting like you dead. Because remember when you were dead, you were under the wrath of God. Remember when you were dead, you were living in disobedience. Remember when you were dead, you were following the author of your life who was Satan. So every time we do that, we'll say, you know what? I sure did love being dead. Let me go back here and climb in this casket again. Get all stinky and rotten and bloated. That was so fun. Paul says, listen, you need to act like you're alive. And so my responsibility, what I need to know in order to believe God exists. Jesus Christ is God. God created Jesus Christ, created the world. And not only did he create the physical world, but he also gave it life in the physical sense. And he also gave us life in the spiritual sense. And because of that, because of who he is, my life should reflect the props that he deserves. And so I worship him. And so when it's time to stand and sing, I close my eyes and I get into that place where I think about his goodness. And I think about the majest, the majesty of who he is. And I think about the stars that I see and the sun and the mountains and the water and the birds. And I think about the fact that my heart is pumping blood through my veins and my brain is signaling signals and my eyes. And I think about my family and I think about all the things that who he is. And so I sing and I praise and I get on my knees at home in my closet and I fall on my knees and I take time. It's not a two second prayer. It's not a two minute prayer. It's not a five minute prayer. It's time that I'm spending because I'm communing. I'm talking. I'm giving him his props. I'm not treating him like Jameer Nelson. Oh, that's Jameer Nelson. Oh, my goodness. Keep getting up. Oh, my goodness. LeBron James. Hey, let me get, let me get a picture. Hey, let's walk over there. You think, you think he'll sign this? You think he'll do that? When I fall on my knees and pray, I'm praying to God and I'm remembering who he is. And so I'm taking time to worship him in my prayer. When I live my life, when I make decisions, should I do this or should I do that? Well, he did that to me, so I'm going to do this. No. I worship the almighty worshipful God. And so my life should reflect that. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for your word. We pray, God, that our lives will reflect who you are as believers, God. We pray, God, that we'll continue to give you the props you deserve, God, that we continue to worship you for who you are. Not just in singing on Sunday morning, God, not just when I'm listening to Hillsong or Bethel or, or, or Travis Green but that my worship to you will be a lifestyle of worship. My thoughts will be thoughts of worship. My attitude will be an attitude of worship. My response to people around me will be a response of worship. My work will be a work of worship. Pray God that we will live such a way so that we can tell others about you. So they will know that they need to believe in this time. We thank you for your word, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Thank you for listening to the Followers of the Way podcast. If you like more information about Followers of the Way Church, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. We trust and hope that you've enjoyed hearing God's word and how to apply it to our lives. Our podcast is updated weekly, so remember to follow us here at Followers of the Way.